Hi, I'm Mike Kim, and today I'm going to have a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. For the debut episode, which is kind of weird to say because it's also episode 378 uh, (laughs) of this podcast, which has now been rebranded as A Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy, I'm joined by Mike Kim. He is the author of You Are the Brand. And what happened was, and you'll hear more about this during this conversation, as I was discussing the rebranding of this podcast, some people I trust, my producer, Fina, uh, members of my mastermind group, they all suggested that I should have a branding expert, someone who knows a thing or two about brands on the debut episode as we shift from the Productivity is podcast to a productive conversation with Mike Vardy. And I thought, sure. And my friend Ernie recommended that you should have Mike Kim on the show, Mike. That's who you should have. He's got a book coming out. And I said, I, I know Mike. I've had the pleasure of hanging out with Mike in Nashville before and a couple of calls. We have mutual friends. Why not? He's never been on the program before. There's no time like the present. This seems completely fitting And I was really, really pleased when Mike said he would sit down and have a productive conversation with me. So here we get into it. We get into my branding choices, some branding choices that you might want to make if you are getting into this concept of a personal brand. Uh, We talk about the things in the book related to, you know, his blueprint, the eight steps that he discusses, uh, mistakes that he's made that I've made along the way. It's a real productive conversation appropriately enough, uh, especially considering we're kicking off the brand new naming of this podcast. So let's sit back, relax, and listen to a productive conversation that I had with Mike Kim. Hey, Mike, thanks so much for taking the time to join me on the show today. Mike, thank you for having me. We are two mics together, so it's obviously going to be great. It, it is, it is. And and I'm I'm excited because this is the first episode of the rebranded podcast. Now, I mean, if, if people have subscribed to the podcast, the Productivity is podcast, they're looking at their their devices, they're looking at Spotify, they're looking up, they're going, "What is this show?" Because I don't, I didn't subscribe to this podcast. I'm like, "Yes, you did. It's just, it's a new name." And when I decided that we were going to do this um, and rebrand and and rename the the podcast as a Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy. One of the things that my producer, my producer, Fina Charleston said is, hey, you should get a branding person on the show to talk about like this change and, and why, why you're doing it and the value of all that stuff. And I said, that's a great idea. Uh, and then I talked to one of our mutual friends, Ernie, and Ernie's like, you should get Mike on the show. He's got a book coming out <laughs> and he's coming out a week after the show that you're going to rebrand it. And I'm like, that's a, you know what? And boom. It came together, and that's why we're here today. So the book is called You Are the Brand, and it's totally fitting that we're doing this on this show where the productivityist has, quote, become Mike Vardy, but that's not really the case because the productivityist was always Mike Vardy. Um, and the first thing I want to ask you is, and, and I'm, I'm going to be purely selfish here because this is one of the things that I've I've noticed, is I never wanted to be the productivityist. I wanted to say that anyone could be a productivityist. And what happened was uh, my my audience just decided that I was the productivityist. So it, I didn't have control over the way the narrative. 
when you are putting together your brand um, or when you are deciding that that's the way you want to present yourself, how uh, able or how willing do you have to be able to say, I'm going to let this go and see what happens to a degree? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that it, it, all the context is different, right? But being that you've, you've podcasted for so long, uh, to the point where people start associating with you with a particular topic, um, after that, it's out of your control, right? After that, it's out of your control. But for any of us who are podcasting, creating, uh, coaching, sharing what we, we know, um, there is a certain degree of control we have in the beginning where we're, where we're intentional. I don't feel like you can necessarily control everything or even anything, but you can influence them. So there's a difference between control and influence. Um, initially you can set your course and hope that it, you know, goes a certain way when it comes to branding, because branding is all about identity. Um, but if you do an intentional, if you take the intentional time to give the words to your audience that you want them to use, they'll use it and then some. And that sounds like what's what happened with you. Exactly. It was it was fascinating that despite my best efforts to say, no, 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 you can be a pro productivityist is a productivity enthusiast. And I said, I'm just at the strategist level. It's, I just have another ist at the end of it. They said, no, no, that's not the way we see it. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, I think the other thing that, and, and as I went through the book, which by the way, I wish this, this had come along when I was initially starting this kind of shift. I'm glad I have it now because it's going to help me as we progress because I think one of the things that people tend to do when they're making, uh, you know, in, the, in this case, I'm making a brand shift, right? I'm shifting into that is they tend to try to do it all at once. But I know that you talk about in the book about this idea of the Chinese horoscope, right? The idea of, hey, maybe, maybe you know, doing everything wholesale or all at once isn't the best idea. Can you expand upon that? Yeah, there was this great Chinese restaurant I went to called Noodle Gourmet Shout Out uh, when I was in college uh, and in my early adult years uh, in New Brunswick, New Jersey. And they had one of these things on the wall, the Chinese Zodiac. Now, I'm not Chinese and I'm not an expert in the Chinese Zodiac, but I liked that it was a year-by-year -year thing, Mike. And you talk about being productive and having... Um, a productive conversation and productively building our businesses and our brands. You know, every year has a distinct animal associated with it, right? The year of the cat, year of the horse, year of the rat, you name it. I think it was like horse. I'm a year yeah, of the I'm tiger, horse. so. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't remember. But I liked that year-by-year -year approach. So in 2013, when I was just getting my feet wet in this world of online content creation, I was working full-time as a chief marketing officer for a company just outside New York City. And I didn't have a lot of time. You're talking about being productive, right? And I said to myself, all right, 2013 will be the year of the blog. Hell or high water, I will publish a blog post on Monday. And more often than not, I did it. Then 2014, I started my podcast. And you know, talk about rebranding. I've, I've been through two or three rebrands, so I hear you, right? And... I didn't stop blogging. So I added podcasting to the stack and I just decided every year I would add one major thing to how I grow this expert business. 2015, I added uh, mastermind groups. 2016, I, I 
launched my first course, like my online course. Uh, 2017 was the year of the live events. And 2018 was the year of speaking. I started getting a lot of invitations and all these things stacked on top of one another, right? 2019, I started doing a lot of video. 2020, I wrote the book. And this year, 2021, is the year of launching the book because, dude, it's a lot of work, right? And and yet, people will look at me today and they'll say, I have to have all these things at once. I have to, I have to do what guys like Mike, you know, what, what, what he's doing. And I'm like, I, I like to quote this line, which is in the book from Gary Keller, the founder of Keller Williams, the real estate mogul. Um, he said, success is sequential, not simultaneous. And when I look back on the journey, so many things, th- these things stacked on top of one another to help me get where I am today. And um, they, it wouldn't have been possible for me to have all of that traction and mileage had I tried to do everything at once. How did you keep yourself from the pull of those other things? Because I've I've fallen victim to that. Where like this year I focused on YouTube. I've and I've really kind of made that somewhat of a thematic element because it's the area I've neglected. We're gonna get into the PB three here in a second because as I'm looking at it, it's got that Venn diagram. And for me, the content map has always been written audio, but the video piece has just been outside of the circle, and I've been bringing it in this year. Um, but man, that pull every single year, cause you're hearing the noise, like, oh, you got to get here. You got to do this. You got to do that. How did you keep yourself from, um, trying to do everything simultaneously instead of, you know, doing it sequentially as Gary Keller alluded to? I think first I really focused on what was actually making money. Um, I wasn't in it. I wasn't in it to, to just start a bunch of hobbies. I really wanted to build a business. Now that said, um, I had limitations on my time, Mike, you know, I, I, and there's limitations on know-how. Now, when I say I started blogging as the first outlet, that was really important because believe it or not, I don't really, really enjoy writing. I think I'm okay at it, but I don't enjoy sitting down and lacing my fingertips across a keyboard all the time. I don't really enjoy it the way writers do. Um, but that really helped me when I started podcasting. <laughs> yeah. And there are a lot of things that I learned from blogging that made my podcasting better. Obviously, I became a copywriter. I know that sounds weird to hear a copywriter say he doesn't love writing. I think I'm good at it, but I don't love it the way that writers you know, typically will. Um, but that helped me a lot. And so I'm like, if I can get good at this stuff, then it will make everything else easier. I came from a background in music and public speaking. I was like, podcasting is going to be a breeze, dude. Like, this is going to be easy. Then I'd sit down at, at a microphone and try to talk into it. It was so hard because there's no one in the room. Completely different energy. Now, people will say, well, you launched a, a mastermind the next year and courses the next year. You must have done a lot of things to promote those things and webinars and so on and so forth. And yeah, you know what? Webinars were a thousand percent easier because it's spent to your podcasting. So for me, the skill stack was there. We don't think of it that way. So like when I looked at doing video, I was like, that is so outside the norm of what I'm doing. I don't have time to learn it. So that's actually what kept me from it. I'm not a great photographer. I hate learning new technology and gear. And so right away, I knew I had these two huge resistances to growing on Instagram or on YouTube. So I just didn't do it. I let that come to me 
because once I started doing speaking engagements, people were doing the video for me. They were shooting the video for me at the event. I was like, great, now I can get serious about YouTube. And once Instagram became more fun, I started engaging in that and just doing some selfie videos and things like that. When I look at kind of a new avenue of expression, I really try to make sure I'm removing as many of the initial resistances as possible. And I've got to have fun doing it. It's got to be fun. And that that's really the process I went through. You know, it, it, it's interesting as you brought that up because I think this lends in nicely to the PB3 because you talk about like what pisses you off, what breaks your heart, and what's the big problem you're trying to solve. We're going to get into that a bit. But it sounds like there's that element of Piss, pissing you off is a degree, right? <laughs> like it's either it's either like you're thrilled about learning new gear, that's a degree of pissing you know me off. So you may not necessarily create content with that gear, but there's certainly a way for you to express yourself <laughs> talking about it, right? Can we talk a bit about like the why people need to kind of figure out what that PB three is for themselves so that they can move forward it with with without having a ton of missteps because that's what this book is designed to do. I think is like, as I went through it, I'm like, I'm going to make, I'm going to make a, a I'm going to correct my swing. I'm going to correct my stance in the batter's box. Like I may still have some missteps, but I have a much better chance of hitting the ball because I'm correcting my stance a bit. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I hope it does that for you and for everyone who, who buys it and reads it and applies it. Really. I came up with the PB three because so many people were skipping these steps. Again, we said that success is sequential, not simultaneous. And uh, I have an eight-step framework in the book. It's just a kind of a blueprint, a step-by-step thing. And what I'm noticing, what I noticed over the years in working with clients and coaching students and so on and so forth, is they really struggled with what to say. And it's hard to sell something if you don't know what to say. And when you're in this space, the creator space, you're, you're podcasting, you're blogging, you're creating content, you're shooting video, um, it's got to come from your core. You've got to believe what you're saying. You've got to believe in it. People will sniff out your lack of conviction. Now, for many of us, myself included, we come or came from different backgrounds and found our way into this space. I came from a corporate background. Before that, I was working as the music director of a church. You talk about like, you know, a very varied, you know, career. And what I've noticed, Mike, over the years is when I'm working with clients, people who come from the most regulated industries, even though they're very high achievers, have the hardest time expressing themselves. Lawyers, doctors, educators, you know, teachers, anyone in that system, the military, you name it, finan financial advisors, because there are these things, these entities called compliance and regulatory. And they're not, reg they're not rewarded for innovative thinking. And now, you know, you got a bunch of people who are afraid of getting their wrists slapped, and you put them on the internet and you say, say what you believe in. And they're like, what? That's crazy. What if I get in trouble? And there's this huge resistance. So what I did was I created these questions and they were formed out of just coaching a lot of people over the years. And we, we distilled it down into these three questions, uh, which I now call the PB3. The first question is what pisses you off? And by that, I mean, that's the injustice you see in the world. Number two, what's, what breaks your heart? That's the compassion you have for people. And these are emotional words because they've got to come from your core. Number three is what's the big problem you're trying to solve? And that is the purpose of your business because the business, business is really nothing more than solving a problem for a profit. Now, there are problems that are not profitable to solve, which is why we have nonprofits, 
right? But even a nonprofit leader will tell you, if you want to raise money, that story, that pitch, those fundraising appeals are going to have to come from the core. And it's the same with all of us in this space. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepasswordcom slash ProductiveConvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there, and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now... You can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it, and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. Supercharge your team with the power of Text Expander. 
Your team can do more with the same resources. Less repetition, fewer errors, and greater consistency will have your team feeling like they've hopped off a bicycle and into a Ferrari. With Text Expander, you can keep your team consistent, accurate, and current. You can share your text and images with the whole staff to keep them on track. Everyone will share the same message and give the same answers to all customer questions. And you can use Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations to streamline and speed up everything you type. Create powerful snippets to save you time so that all you type is a short abbreviation and Text Expander does the rest of the typing for you. Text Expander has been an indispensable productivity tool in my toolkit for years and it can be the same for you. Text Expander is available on Mac, Windows, Chrome, iPhone, and iPad, and you can get 20% off of your first year. All you need to do is visit textexpander.com slash podcast to learn more about Text Expander and sign up for that discount to get you 20% off your first year. Again, go to textexpander.com slash podcast to get 20% off your first year. Add Text Expander to your productivity toolkit today. As a founder or business owner, you know what it's like to run your entire business from your inbox. Between the sales, recruiting, and fundraising emails, things can get messy quickly. Streak is a CRM designed to help you stay on top of each part of your process and your inbox without ever leaving Gmail. Streak gives you the tools for email tracking, mail merges, and snippets to save time and scale up your email efficiency. In just a few minutes, you can also set up pipelines right inside your inbox to start tracking your contacts and emails through each process. Streak helps you collaborate by sharing emails and pipelines with your team members, whether you work in an office, out in the field, or on a remote team. Pipelines are completely customizable as well, so you can track processes and details specific to your business. Plus, you can access your pipelines on desktop or the mobile app to add and share information in meetings, at job sites, or however you work on the go. Sign up for Streak today at streak.com timecrafting and get 20% off your first year of their pro plan, their most popular option. That's streak.com timecrafting and get that 20% off their pro plan. Streak.com timecrafting. Do it today. Living in Canada, I have limitations as to what I can access when I go online. Thanks, Geo Restrictions. But now Geo Restrictions are no longer an issue thanks to NordVPN, and that's just where NordVPN gets started. NordVPN is incredibly easy to use. You can connect with one click or enable auto connect for zero click protection. With NordVPN, you can access from everywhere. You won't miss your favorite content. Even when you're traveling abroad, you can stay at home virtually. So if you don't want to miss out on the content that you can get at home, NordVPN has you covered. And there's no more bandwidth throttling. NordVPN encrypts all your traffic, so your internet service provider can't slow down your streaming speed. You can find streaming platforms at a lower price with NordVPN. So if a platform isn't available in your country, you just simply change your virtual location. And to do that, Again, it just takes a click. You can open the map, click on a location, and you'll be connected in seconds. It's really that easy. A game isn't available in your country? No problem. Not with NordVPN. You see, all you need to do is just change your virtual location and buy it. You can unblock your favorite games and geo-restricted servers. Don't let your location limit where you can play and where you can consume content. 
NordVPN has you covered with all of this and more. We didn't even get into the amazing speed. NordVPN is the fastest VPN out there, and I want you to experience what NordVPN can offer you. So go to nordvpn.com slash timecrafting or use the code timecrafting to get a two-year plan plus a bonus gift with a huge discount. And there's a 30-day money-back guarantee if it's not for you. It will be, but that guarantee is there. So what are you waiting for? Go to nordvpn.com slash timecrafting or use the code timecrafting and get that two-year plan plus bonus gift and huge discount. Do it today. How do you start up when the world is upside down? Sit Down Startup is a new weekly podcast from Zendesk. The startups team brings together entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs to discuss the latest business challenges and how to put customer experience at the heart of success. Hear from people that understand unpredictability in a coffee shop style conversation. Catch weekly fresh new episodes on Apple, Google, and Spotify. One of the things that I noticed as I went through the book was the the difference between like the how-to and the idea printer, like those two different. And it's fascinating because from my own perspective, in the productivity space, there are a lot of how-to printers, like how to, you know, how to use this app, how to do this thing. And because I've been in the space for over a decade now, my mind is shift. I think I've shifted. I still have obviously that that capability to go here. Here's how you use this, and here's. But the m- the things I teach now, much not. I mean, not to. I guess there's a relationship here. The idea of like this philosophical approach to branding, right? That you're talking about, which I mean, obviously with some practical applications. But these are your beliefs. This is through experience, spending a lot of time in the space. You've seen this. You've seen all this stuff. So for me. With productivity, it's been the same. And as I've morphed, I kind of have morphed into this idea printer where that's, can you be both? Like, or or is it you 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 have more of a, a lean towards the one or the other? And let's talk about those two in uh, those two different ideas, for, no pun intended. Uh, while while we're at it, yeah. So how to preneur? I just define as someone who teaches you how to do something or does it for you. And this is usually a, a process, a framework, a blueprint, um, a formula, right? Now, I'm a how-to-preneur because people come to me and say, how do I fix my marketing? How do I brand myself? How do I optimize my marketing campaigns and so on and so forth? And I have a step-by-step process by which I do that, right? And I can do it for them if they want me to. Now, there's an advantage to being a how-to-preneur, the primary advantage being that People understand, they actually understand what problem you solve. The disadvantage is there are a lot of other competitors out there, right? Now, what I started to notice over the years of coaching, uh, all, all people from all different walks of life, is that then I, I met another group of people who actually didn't really know what problem they solved. They just wanted to say something. <laughs> they just had a message. They had an idea or philosophy that they wanted to spread. And that's what an ideapreneur is. They have a perspective or philosophy they want to spread or raise awareness about. They don't always necessarily want to even solve a problem. So when I track back to those initial three questions at the PB3, what pisses you off, what breaks your heart, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? I had a group of people that knew exactly what problem they solved, but they didn't really understand what ticked them off or what broke their heart. So they had no marketing. They didn't have very good marketing. 
Then on the other hand, I had a group of people who could very clearly articulate what pissed them off and what broke their heart, but they didn't know what problem they solved. And I'm like, oh, these are two different groups of people. And the more I thought about it, the more I was able to group people into one of those two categories. And while both are valid, the monetization paths are very, very different. Now, in the book, I give an example. I start off the chapter with um, a book that my sister gave me a couple of years ago by a Japanese author named Marie Kondo. And the title of the book was The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And Mike, I was like offended. <laughs> I was like, are you saying I'm dirty? Like, why are you telling me to read this book? Right? Yeah. Are you telling me to, you know, clean up? I think I'm pretty clean. And that right there is the problem. She was giving me a book trying to solve a problem that I didn't believe I had. And I still think I'm pretty clean, to be honest. Right? And so the the the, the magic or, or the beauty of how Marie Kondo uh, – positioned her book and it went on to become a bestseller in, in a Netflix special. I'll get into that in a moment. Is that she didn't call the book How to Clean Your House. She tethered this idea of tidiness to a simpler, more fulfilling life. And of course she did. She's Japanese. Japanese culture espouses minimalism. It has roots in the national religion of Shintoism. This lady didn't write a book about cleaning your house. She wrote a minimalism book that is channeled through cleaning and, and tidying your house. You know, the premise of the book is you go through every item in your home and you ask, does this spark joy? And if it doesn't, you know, you thank it for being in your life and you release it. Normal people call that throwing things out in the trash. She made it very different, right? And so she was an ideapreneur. She's the life-changing magic of tidying up. That is not just a good title of a book. That is a way of life. And so her monetization path was very different because if if this lady walked up to you or anyone who was like this walked up to you and said, Mike, I'd like to talk to you about cleaning your house and the life-changing magic of tidying up, you'd be like, wouldn't that mean calling a maid? Don't, can't I just call some you know cleaners to come in the house? Why do I have to read your book? Why do I have to listen to you preach to me about this stuff? That's what Marie Kondo did. And she did that for years. The monetization path for her was so much longer. And I hear this, and I'll end with this in terms of this, this topic here. I have people who say to me all the time, oh, I want to be like Marie Kondo. She's got a best-selling book and a Netflix special and speaks everywhere. That's what I want to do. And I say, wake up. She, when she wrote that book, she had been cleaning people's houses for eight years. Her book happened to get picked up by some bloggers. They started loving the book. They spread the message. She didn't get her Netflix special till like eight years after. Wake up. So if you have the patience to get this message out there for that long, all the power to you. But you need patience if you're an ideapreneur. It's completely different. Well, and I think the reason I brought up that I uh, I think I've made that shift is there was a lot of how-to, a lot of how-to. And during that process, time crafting was born, right? And I'm like, oh. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, all right, this is what I'm sharing. And people are, you know, getting into it and all that stuff. But what was, this is a really interesting um, scenario that came up during that time span is I actually went from productivity as being Mike Vardy to 
let's make it a company. Let's make it sound like Mike is like the CEO and and he the 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 bridge to get to him has many many toll booths along the way. And uh, guess you'll never guess what happened when I did that. <laughs> um, people were turned off. They were they were like, what happened to the old Mike Vardy? This was when I was trying to take command and control over what I you know. They're like, okay, fine. If you think that productivityist is me, I'm going to show you it's not. And they rejected it. What do you say to a person who is getting that feedback from? the people that they're positioning, you know, from their selling. I guess it's positioning, right? Like, I guess that's what it boils down to is, is if your positioning is, is, well, you tell me, because I guess the point is, is I was doing things and then it's like, nope, we don't like that. We don't like that. Where's the old mic? I, I course corrected and I've actually mm -hmm. gone further in the other direction, but that was a painful lesson for me to learn. Yeah. And you know, I've been through the same thing. You know, I, I've rebranded my podcast like three times. Most people don't know that. And I'm a branding guy. I'm supposed to figure all this stuff out, but nobody figures it. Nobody knows. Nobody can tell the future. And sometimes you just have to be willing to take risks, throw something against the wall and see if it works or not. Now, early on in my journey as a personal brand, uh, I started my first podcast and I was working full time in my corporate job. I was the CMO of this company. So I decided to start a podcast for small business owners. The name of the podcast was Up and to the Right, which I thought made a lot of sense because small business owners understand what that means. The profits over time move up as you go right, you know, on the chart. Here's a problem. Nobody understood what I was saying. And secondly, small business owners, I quickly realized, don't listen to podcasts. They're too busy. They got their hair on fire all the time, right? And what I noticed is that the people who were listening to my content and were engaging with me on Facebook or other social media channels at the time, were all people who were coaches and trying to build their platforms because I was in these communities because I was getting started building my blog and my podcast. And they were coming to me because they figured, Mike's a marketing guy, he's the CM of a company, he must know a few things, let me ask him some questions. And they started listening to my podcast. Mike, I went probably about 25 episodes. That is about five months. I, I podcasted weekly, five to six months. I pulled the plug after six, uh, after just a few weeks, I rebranded it to brand you and the show took off. I mean, skyrocketed because I found the sweet spot of what I really cared about because gun to my head, I didn't really care about helping small businesses. I was trying to get out of working for a company, you know, and so... Um, that, that was so much more freeing to me to have these conversations about making the leap into entrepreneurship and scaling up your side hustle and finding your ideal clients and having a brand message that's built around yourself and your passions. And I did that for another year. And then I went full time. And ever since then, for a number of years, my podcast was brand new and it, it hit, you know, some of the top charts in Apple and, and all the rest. Now, about three years ago, I went through some really crazy personal changes. Like I went through a divorce and all this stuff. And uh, I was in one of those uh, places in life where you just feel like burning everything down. Yeah. Yep. Right. right? <laughs> and you're like, I want to reinvent myself. I'm going to reinvent myself. And I'm going to tell everybody I'm reinventing myself. And I don't want to talk about marketing anymore. I'm 
I'm tired, I'm burned out, I'm emotionally spent because of everything that's going on in life. And I just wanted to share a lot of the things that I had learned through these, you know, really tough transitions in my life. And so I rebranded it after taking six months off, I rebranded it to the Mike Kim show. And I know I'm not famous and I, I wasn't famous then and I'm not famous now, but I was just like, I don't care. I'm just going to share what I know. And yet here's what happened. Everyone kept asking me the same marketing questions. <laughs> they didn't care. There's how do you do this? How do you market yourself that way? How do you tell your story? And I was like, no, I want to talk about reinventing your life. I want to talk about, you know, how you find your life's purpose and how you move through pain. And they didn't care, dude. I mean, they did, but they didn't. And I just, every time I published a new episode, I felt like I was pushing glue up a hill. It just wasn't working. So I finally gave up. I reverted back to marketing and I realized this. The people who were following me weren't following me just for what I knew. They were following me for what I knew because they liked who I was. And that is the power of the personal brand. And so I decided I'm going to couch some of these topics that I do want to talk about under the umbrella of marketing and branding because I still love it. I still love it. But I don't need to create a whole new version of myself in order to do this. And when, after I weave the two together, it's just been wonderful. See, and that's and that's what happened. What's happened here is, I mean, people. When I told members of my my membership community, "Hey, we're rebranding the podcast," and this is the beginning of the rebranding from productivityist.com to mikevardi.com. Productivityist isn't going to go away per se because people call me the productivityist. Like that's, I'm just leaning further into that, but I get to still intertwine all the other things that I want to chat about. And this has been a process. That has been, I'd say, three years in the making to a degree. I remember sitting down in a restaurant with um, uh, Chase uh, Chase Reeves, Paul Jarvis, myself. We're here in my town, my hometown of Victoria, and Paul was the one that said, "You really just because we were going to call it TimeCrafting.com. I actually own the na- domain TimeCrafting.com mm-hmm. because that's the philosophy that I teach." And Paul just said, "You should just go, do you own MikeVardy.com." I'm like, "Yeah, I've owned it for like I finally got after." It. He goes, "Just you should just be MikeVardy.com." Because number one, it gives you a lot of room to breathe, right? A lot of room to move around. But also, they're like you just said, Mike, they're following you. They're, they they want to hear productivity and time management advice, and they want to hear it from you. They want to hear your voice. And uh, I just leaned into that. And And when I told, like I said, when I told my membership community, hey, guess what? We are changing the podcast. The only, the only criticism I heard was I finally learned how to just say productivityist. I just finally learned how to say it. And so, I mean, clearly it, it's, it's, a, it's a good move. Now, before I let you go, this, this leans nicely into the tail end of the book where you start talking about relationships and authenticity and telling the truth, which is what you did. You said, hey, I, you know, I'm rebranding. Here's what I'm going to do. Um, that's not a step you can skip at all is it it's like that's something i think isn't that the meat of it all really at the end of the day yeah i mean people ask me what's the best marketing strategy i'm like the best marketing strategy is simply just tell the truth just tell the truth people are too smart now i mean we are all keenly aware of all the antics that marketers pull that businesses pull to try to get an email address or or um you know get you to click on this or get you to open that or whatever it is right and at the end of the day um, I find that that relational capital is worth more than its weight in gold. 
Now, on a practical level, when I offer things, let, let's say that I do a webinar, I do them occasionally. I do a webinar and say, you know, the cart is going to close in three days. I don't just pick up an arbitrary number. I say the cart's going to close in three days because on the fourth day we're starting the first session. And I just decided to be logical about these things and give a real reason as to why I'm doing them. And over time, people have just I just trust what you say. I just trust what, you, what you're sharing. You know, we have a whole group of folks out there who are trying to pass off a false version of themselves. I mean, they just flat out lie. They rent a, a Ferrari or they rent a mansion on Airbnb. They take a bunch of photos and imply that it's their house. You know, and, and these people don't realize that attention is not owed, it's earned. You have earned every bit of attention that you've received from your audience all these years in doing what you've been doing. You've earned their trust and their, their attention. Now, on the flip side, you have these folks who overshare in the name of authenticity because that's the new big buzzword these days, right? Authenticity. And, and people in that camp are selling their struggles rather than trying to be a solution. And that doesn't work either. They're getting attention like a car wreck gets it on the interstate. Everyone still slows down, turns their head, looks at it. But you can't build a business around that kind of attention. You can't build it around a car wreck. People just move on. So when we talk about building relationships with both your clients and with partners who are out there. The question I ask everyone to ask themselves as a litmus test is simply this. Can I build a campfire around what I'm sharing? Can I build a campfire around it? By that I mean, is it warm? Is it inviting? Is it a light in a dark place? Is it a place where people want to hang out? Is it a place where people can share stories? Is it a, pl is it a place where I can build community? Am I a person that people want to hang out with at my campfire? And if you really think about what you've done with your business all of these years, that's exactly what you've done. That's why they're like, dude, who? we want the old Mike back who we could sit with around the campfire and share stories with. We want the podcast to feature these you know, outlets for our community in your online monthly community. That's what's happening because people trust you. It'd be hard to call yourself a, an expert in pro productivity if you weren't productive. Like people believe you and they've seen you and they've walked with you long enough. So I just propose that question, whether it's to your partners or to prospects, can you build a campfire around what you're sharing? Sometimes people say to me, I don't know what to share on social media. And what they want from me, Mike, is a publish this on Monday, publish that on Tuesday, publish these things on Wednesday, publish that on Thursday. doesn't work that way. But the world's too different. People are too smart. So... Uh, not too long ago, I uh, was able to hand a copy of my book to my mother, and I filmed it on my phone. She hates being on video. I mean, this is a, a situation where it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And um, she was genuine in her reaction, and I shared it on social media. I didn't put it some kind of crazy call to action, buy now, coming out July 13th, buy, 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 buy. It was a campfire moment because who can't resonate? with a mom being proud of her son for writing a book. And then we, we had this conversation. I was like, why don't you tell everybody how I actually really did in school? And she's like, oh, you didn't want to study at all. I can't believe you. And people learn something about me. Now, let me put my marketing hat on for a moment. There's a lot that happened in that piece of content. Number one, people knew I wrote a book. Okay, very obvious. Number two, they realized I have a heart. 
I'm close with my mom. Who doesn't like that? Number three, oh, you almost didn't graduate high school and you basically you know, were on academic probation all through college? I didn't know that. There's a lot there that people are seeing and learning about me. So in even that piece of content, which is a campfire moment, not necessarily quote unquote marketing or branding, people got to know me a little bit better. And that's what our content and our marketing has to do. That's how you build these relationships. Mike, before I let you go, I try to ask one simple question that every one of my guests can answer. So uh, as we step away from a productive conversation today, what's one action that someone can take today? Simple action that they can do that will help them start to move forward in the right direction in building themselves as the brand. Log your progress. I know that sounds so weird, you know. Um, keep a good journal of what you're learning. Um, for me, Mike, one of the most surprising things I've done over the last couple of months is write in something called the five minute journal. Yep. I know of it. Intelligent. Uh, I think it's de- mm-hmm. intelligent design, design out of like Toronto. They're out of, they're out of Toronto. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Intelligent change. And, you're right. It's intelligent yep. change. And it's incredible to me because I've looked back at many of my old journals, some from 15 years ago when I was writing this book. And they were like gifts from the past to me. And I couldn't believe who that guy was. I'd read these journals and I'd think about my 20-something-year-old self. I feel bad for that guy. Oh, my gosh. This is how he saw the world? This is how he thought of himself? And they were like gifts to me from the past. And so right now, you know, you're here. Y'all who are are tuned in right now, you're hearing a little bit of my story. But you are writing the story right now that you're going to tell one day. Make sure you write it down. You are giving your future self an invaluable gift. Write stuff down. Get in the habit of journal. You know, Mike, that is such a great piece of insight because I share, I think journaling is one of the most undervalued and underused productivity tools out there. Like even if you, and one of the things I've said to plenty of people is if the to-do list offers the details of your day and the calendar offer is the directory of your days, then the journal is the story of your life. Like that's what it is. So... That'll preach. That's good, Mike Vardy. Mike Vardy, that is killer. I am going to tell everybody you said that because that is brilliant. Um, yes, every every 1, once in a while, every once in a while, I've got a nugget. Uh, Mike. Oh, you're being humble. <laughs> the book is called You Are the Brand, The Eight-Step Blueprint to Showcase Your Unique Expertise and Build a Highly Profitable, Personally Fulfilling Business. Where can people pick up the book? I know as this episode is being released, it's not quite out yet, so they can pre-order it. But where can they pick up the book and where can they keep, can where can they keep up with you and have productive conversations with you down the line? Yeah, they can pick it up on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, every major book real, retailer out there. Uh, if you do choose to buy the book directly from my site, youarethebrandbook.com, 100% of that um, sale goes to a charity called Love 146, which uh, provides survivor care for kids rescued out of the trafficking trade. So there's a consideration. Uh, you can help some kids while you pick up the book if you so choose. And you're listening to a podcast. Um, don't stop listening to Mike's podcast, but if you want to listen to a podcast, give mine a try. It's called Brand You. Uh, we've rebranded it three times, but I swear it's good. You know, we're, we're, we're on track. We know what we're doing now. Um, and give me a try for a few weeks and see if you like what you hear. And uh, hopefully I'll be able to help you uh, grow your business. 
Hey, Mike, thanks so much for uh, taking time to have a productive conversation with me today. Dude, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to A Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy. This podcast is produced by Fina Charlson, and the podcast theme song is Clock Talk by Neon Beach, which is courtesy of Soundstripe. You can learn more about Soundstripe by going to the show notes and checking out all of the music, video, sound effects, and more that they have in store for you. Tune in next episode where I have a productive conversation with Aaron Meyer. If you don't want to miss that episode, as well as all of the future productive conversations that I'm going to have, as well as those I've had in the past, make sure you subscribe to the podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Like the show? Want to let me know what you think of the new name? Leave a rating and review in your podcast app of choice. I'd love to hear from you what we're doing right and what I can do to make the show better. That's it for now. Until next time, I'm Mike Vardy, the host of A Productive Conversation with Mike Vardy, reminding you to stop doing productive and start being productive. See you later.